What up, what up? It's another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I am Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. We're here, ready to talk about the most unforgettable moments in wrestling history. But before we get to that, let's introduce the boys real quick. Over in Glendale, someone who always keeps it regal, my good friend, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Very good. I threw you off there, didn't I? <laughs> we don't expect Great. normal to be at all. Great angle. Kayfabe, so that yeah, was, that was a swerve way. right there. That was an unforgettable moment. I did no impersonation. <laughs> that episode uh, where Steve did not do an impression. Yeah. <laughs> you really you really chalked the cue stick on that one, my friend. I like it. <laughs> Let's go down to Bayview and uh talk to my boy, someone who stays freshly squeezed at all times. Mr. Matt Michelson, how are you, Matt? I'm a nice man. <laughs> wow. That made up for it. Wow. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, and we're standing down. If this was in... a video podcast, everybody would know that, but yeah. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> and let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to my boy. Oh my God, it's Charlie Michael. The boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> I love it, dude. You are you are a sniper when it comes to these impressions every week. Google's just a, a hell of a machine. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I love it. So yeah, boys, uh, we're talking the most unforgettable moments in wrestling history. I mean, between all of us, for the amount of wrestling matches that we've watched, I mean, it's, it has to be like in the thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands probably between us all. Um, and what we're doing today, we're just going to go over our favorite um, most unforgettable moments that we want to bring up. And we don't know what each of us has chosen to talk about, which will make for some really interesting conversation. I honestly can't wait to get down and talk about what you guys came up with. And uh, Matt, you want to get us going with your one of your most unforgettable moments in wrestling history? Totally. So I was really excited when we decided on this topic. So I came up with quite a list, probably way too many, probably quite a few we won't get to. Um, but I'm just going to go starting with the beginning of when I started watching pro wrestling when I was a small kid. Um, back in the late 80s at WrestleMania 3, when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant on March 29th, 1987. He's hooking up, Jess. I don't know if he's got enough left in him. That adrenaline can do wonders. We're seeing what this guy is really made of, what he is. The greatest professional athlete in the world today. Look at this. He's Unbelievable! 
Good man. Great topic. Yeah. So this was, I, I'm guessing if you're any kind of a WWE fan or any kind of pro wrestling fan, or even beyond that, um, Hulk Hogan was one of the most over wrestlers of all time. Andre the Giant was as well. So WrestleMania three, huge match between these two guys. Um, I remember just even seeing the picture of this match. I knew it was a big deal. My dad was really into wrestling at the time hyped it up he also made it into a big deal and i just remember that one moment in the match where there's actually some offense and hulk hogan slams andre the giant so um it wasn't really the best match overall i would say but i think that moment if nothing else made up for the rest of it and it's still a moment you see anytime you watch wwe the intro plays you see hulk hogan slamming andre the giant it's one of the first things they show so definitely an unforgettable moment oh yeah that was that was the match that like literally put wrestling like solidified it in pop culture, American culture, worldwide culture. People just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I was pretty young, but uh, Charlie, Steve, do you like, do you remember where you were at? Like in your life when that happened? I mean, I was pretty young. What, when was that? Was that like 87, 88 or uh. Yeah, I think I was like in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, like, um, I don't have that in front of me. But yeah, it was around, you know, I was in late high grade school because, um, no, I, I, I remember our family getting that pay-per-view and I can still remember wow. it pretty clear. I remember my That's brother special. and I, yeah, not to uh, take away from the moment Matt brings up, but just to, like, I can remember that night so well because, Mm-hmm. I was my brother and I were livid that Ricky Steamboat beat the Macho Man because we were huge <laughs> Macho Man fans. Like that, that I was a great like, match. Yeah, but no, I mean I think Matt said something about like it's not that great of a match, and it cl- clearly at Andre's point in his life, it, it couldn't have been a good match. But nobody short of like super wrestling pundits would you know even remember it as being quote unquote a bad match they just remember it being iconic and it was right it is it was a moment in time and it's kind of proof that you don't need a major moment to be a you know six star in the tokyo dome match i mean it's the storyline and it's the uh, the aura around it sometimes that that yeah supersedes the match itself it basically afforded Vince to pay to play for years to come too. Like he made so much money on that matchup too. just Hulk Hogan versus the unmovable object. Is he going to slam them? You know, people knew that it was going to happen, but like you have to see it to know, be in the know. And they made so much money off of that. And it basically kept, you know, the wrestling business, you know, from, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. That was Vince McMahon Jr.'s like, you know, like Shane McMahon the baton, falling off yeah. the, you know, the scaffolding or that. Like, I think they all try to have the WrestleMania moments. And that, I think, was Vince's as a promoter or a booker. That was his even moment. Though, ha, even though Andre got pop, power sla- or body slammed all over the territories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Including the late great Kamala. Yep, yep, yep. Steve, I think on a past episode of the podcast, you talked a little bit about a show you went to back in the day where, wasn't it WrestleFest, I want to say? here WrestleFest, it was at County Stadium. They, for those that don't know, that was the uh, longtime baseball stadium in Milwaukee before the current one, which is, 
I think awesome no, stadium. no longer Miller Park as of this week. It's State Farm Park or whatever it's going to be. Anyway, American Family Insurance. American Family, not State Farm. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it was a it no, was a stadium. No free ads on this show. Right. We would. Yeah. Um, it was a stadium show that was by and large a house show. I mean, they recorded it and you could see snippets of it, but it was mostly a house show. Yeah, it was Hogan Andre in a cage as the main awesome. event. So you basically saw awesome. WrestleMania three in real life reenacted. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just me, but I feel like there's something about this match and the time it took place being at WrestleMania three. I feel like pro wrestling has this history of trilogies. So being the third WrestleMania, it was just this climactic event. Yeah, true. Well, and you know, Andre was in like great amounts of pain oh, during that was time too. Shape, yeah. And they, and they didn't, they they didn't know the outcome of that match. I guess Hogan was like shitting bricks, like leading up to that match all day. And they didn't, didn't really know, say, yeah. and like Andre was like yep. playing, playing dominoes in the back. And it's like, I'll let you know, like what to do in the ring. We'll yep. call it in the ring, this and that. And then like, when it was climactic, it all felt right. Andre's like, do it, do it. <laughs> like giving him the signal to do the slam and they did it. And shit, the rest is history. Literally. Dude, I didn't yeah. realize we had Andre here on the show. Yeah. I tr- do it. Do it. We got the uh, watched pr- we got the Ouija board. <laughs> I, I've watched Princess Bride quite a lot over the course of my life. I was What's gonna the say that or fe- something like that. <laughs> yeah. I only dog paddle. <laughs> Steve, do you got a um for you know I'm so happy I'm so us? happy you called on I got a list too, but um the one I was gonna go with first actually fits perfectly with Matt's because to me one of another big moment was Perfect. the same opponents Hogan and Andre when on Saturday night's main event um, Hogan lost the title to Andre because of the twin referee uh, Hepners. Who's the real Dave Hepner? You tell me Jesse Ventura and what is going on here? I think it's the one on the left. I think the Dave, Dave Hepner, I don't know who the, the imposter is. Look at these two. Andre gave handed the title to uh, Ted DiBiase as like a payment, and then I mean a long story short that set that's what set up the tournament for uh, WrestleMania four that to crown the champion because Jack Tunney the on screen uh, commissioner um, or president recognized that Andre's win was legit so Andre is a former world champion but the when he tried to hand it over to uh Ted DiBiase that was not recognized so essentially it 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 put the title up in the air but you guys remember it was a Saturday night's main event and it was when Hogan's title reign finally came to an end because uh you know it was like a, a screw a screw job and then both Hepners showed up and it was like it was I mean 
never been done at least to that level uh before where the referee who had an actual twin brother like they yeah. used, they used the twins angle where the, the, the dbs paid off the ref and it's just it was so well done it was just it's one of the most clever things i've seen and uh yeah it was uh, so yeah i think <laughs> i think it's great that uh we, we kind of tag team there on the hogan andre moments but it was it was yeah, it was on it was on saturday night's main events so it was on regular tv it was a big, yeah big deal and it's what Fuck yeah and then it you know paved the way for the macho man to win the the title in the tournament yeah i've never heard of that so i'm definitely gonna have to go back on the network and check this oh out. yeah yeah it's it was yeah it's really kind of one of the most clever things they've done yeah, for sure. And there's not Very many cool. times I can think of where Hogan has lost the title. Right. So especially to do something like that on network television, that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty, you know, of course, he, he this is the first time he lost that belt and they had to do it with, uh, you know, like a paid off referee, like imposter brother like thing. I mean, it was like the screwball thing. And then. Uh, like a Patterson Hogan, finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh no, it worked. It was, I mean, at least when I was a kid, I thought that was pretty amazing. Plus, at that point, I was so sick to death of Hogan. I was just happy to see him lose the title. <laughs> yeah, definitely switching it up keeps it fresh for everybody and keeps your interest going. Yeah. Charlie, you got anything for us, my friend? Uh, kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it stays with the, the H-man, Hogan. Oh. Yeah. Which is crazy, yeah, because I guess that proves that he was, I mean, not that he was the greatest wrestler, but he's like one of the most yeah. memorable characters and some of the most iconic moments. Uh, for me, it was when he when he turned heel at Bash at the Bash on oh, the Beach. That yeah, was 96. like, unex, uh, that was unexpected and like cool. Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is he oh doing? Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man. What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. He is the third man. Look at this. this picture. Oh my God! What the hell is going on? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? I, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Oh, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember yeah. that too. That's yeah. on my list as well, Charlie. That was, if you didn't name it, and I, I would have just to stick with the theme. Yeah. So that's brilliant that you brought that up, my friend. Yeah, that's it's awesome. just one of the ones. Um, I thought it, I got some other, a couple other ones, but they're not as, maybe not <laughs> as eventful, but that was like eventful mm. and changed. So oh, yeah. whole wrestling oh, world made wrestling news and, I mean, you, know, think, you, think about the, you think about the things that did. One, it was well, the first step in WCW beating. I mean, actually going on yep. to beat WWE. Two, it took Hogan, who was becoming undeniably stale. Super stale. And, and mm-hmm. it reinvigorated him, too. I know we, we had the heels and, vodka and heels and face shows. But, yeah, it's like if you stop and think about it, Hulk Hogan went out, was the greatest face of all time and yep, then went yep, on to be yep. perhaps the greatest heel of all time and how many guys the can you see heels, that about yeah. and that that turn was just for amazing. sure for sure yeah. the, the most unexpected heel turn yes ever. it was so, yep. it was so say, great they say the, the one with bruno and larry zabisco was really good back in the day because you didn't see that you could kind of see it coming but they didn't know when it, came, when it was coming I, but but you know that's when no one would have no one would have imagined hogan going heel you know 
I think right. I'm surprised Charlie didn't pick uh, Sergeant Slaughter becoming an Iraqi sympathizer. And oh yeah, reminds me I got to watch that. <laughs> that Slaughter and uh, Patterson match sometime soon. Oh yeah, we've pretty talked much a lot the... about WCW on this podcast, and I I feel like a broken record, but I I've said this before. Like I was not a WCW guy when I was younger, but yeah. I do remember seeing Hulk Hogan as a heel in the late nineties when I started rewatching when the attitude era was starting to hit its peak and man, yeah, it was just the weirdest thing to see, but it totally made him relevant again after kind oh, of a yeah. few years of just stale content and kind of like, okay, what's next. And well, you make a lot of good points, Charlie, like the fact that they were able to reinvigorate his character, yep. turn him heel in the most unexpected swerve ever. He's part of a faction, like all these things happening at the same time and at the right time. Yeah, definitely an unforgettable moment. Perfect storm. I mean, that was almost like when Stone Cold Steve Austin said, this is Austin 316 after the King of the Ring and like yeah. launched his career into like he was supposed to be a heel, but he became a baby face. But I, it was the opposite. I mean, this is the equivalent, say like Nick Saban, Going to an Alabama like, uh, thank you for an Auburn pep rally, <laughs> and then just taking a dump and saying "fuck you, Alabama," <laughs> roll tide, and he takes a dump on stage right next to the podium. That's basically the equivalent of what Hulk Hogan did to the Hulk maniacs when he turned heel at Bash at the Beach in '96, and and then he it, told it, it literally he... changed the landscape of wrestling history. And he told the Hulkamaniacs to stick it. All this crap in the ring represents these fans out here. For two years, brother, for two years, I held my head high. I did everything for the charities. I did everything for the kids. And the reception I got when I came out here you fans can stick it, brother. Because if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, you people wouldn't be here. Pretty good. Uh, the whole interview yeah. afterwards was just great. And they're just throwing trash in the ring, the fans. And uh, just, yeah, it was a awesome. Yeah. I, I, I tried, honestly, um, like explaining the importance of that to Kristen. Like, she's like, why do you love wrestling so much? And I'm like, where do I start? Yeah. And like, that was yeah. one of the topics that literally like, you don't understand. Like there's so much that led up to this. And then it's almost like before Hogan turned heel and then Hogan turned heel. Like yeah. before Christ. <laughs> BH. <AD>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty much like when BH you. BH before do, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, it was, I mean, that's a great one. That's, I mean, that's one of the biggest moments in, in modern wrestling period. Yeah. Well, I, I had that on my list, but um, I have another big one when edge speared Jeff Hardy dangling from the belts at WrestleMania 17 in a tables, ladders and chairs match versus the Dudley boys. And Jeff now losing his balance hanging from the top. Trying to get back under that ladder. Jeff moving the ladder underneath him. From Bubba Ray Dudley. And by the edge. Oh my God! And for the 25 ladder with a spear on Jeff Hardy. For the love of God, 
guys, I can't remember yeah. hopping that hard. I don't care how old you were. I, I've never seen that before. And as hot as all three of those tag teams were and how great that match was at a WrestleMania, um, that was just spectacular. Yep. Yeah, they said it's one of the best matches yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, that's like the, you know, we're almost numb now to ladder matches and yep. stuff like that. But the, they're just probably, you know, the first ones like those, there's still nothing. I mean, they're for one because they were fresh you can't you can't you can't resurrect freshness but yeah. uh they were I mean, they, yeah they hold that's test of time i mean some of the crap they did is like still some of the coolest stuff seen oh was, yeah for sure. it was so insane i remember seeing replays of that moment on monday night raw the weekend after that pay-per-view had aired and i so i didn't watch pay-per-view live but i saw playbacks of it and you know they were doing some crazy stuff because, Mike, you're absolutely right. That is an iconic moment in WWE, more modern WWE history. But at the same time, I remember seeing it and I remember thinking, why are they replaying this so much? Why not replay Jeff Hardy jumping off a 20-foot ladder or Bubba Ray Dudley falling through four tables or all these other insane moments that happened as a result of these TLC matches in the early 2000s? It was just unbelievable. And if you go back and you watch this moment again where Jeff Hardy gets – he's hanging, trying to grab the belt. He ends up hanging from this thing, and Edge spears him, and – in the moment, like when you watch the replays, like back in the day, especially, it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty high. But now you go back and if you especially watch the overhead camera shot and you see just how far these two guys fall, it's just insane. Edge actually talked in a couple interviews uh, that he did more recently about that moment. And he, when they asked him about what was it like, you know, spearing Jeff off of that and falling down, he talks about it and he says it was basically, he, he was terrified to do it but he says he did it and it was a pretty straightforward bump for him because he's just kind of, you know, he's in pretty good control of his body, but he was terrified. He was going to kill Jeff because Jeff was going to slowly tilt downward and land flat on his back yeah. from what, 15 feet in the air. So he had to time it just right. He well, said he so double he, clutched it too. Remember like he yeah. kind of hesitated a little bit. Totally. Like, and Jeff hits the mat and Edge said he landed, I think on his knees. So he landed, you know, kind of like straight up, but he hit so hard. He said he actually saw stars for a minute. And you can tell when you watch it back, he kind of mm -hmm. has this look on his face, like the Wile E. Coyote falling off a cliff, like kind of goes cross-eyed and just sort of falls over. Just, yeah, huge moment and something that you can watch it a million times and it's still fun. Well, for And us. the teamwork too, because it was Bubba Ray or bully Ray, whatever you want to call him right now. He was the guy that kind of like took the ladder and like got him, got uh, Jeff, like the back momentum to swing forward. It was just like a beautiful thing, like just to watch and witness and the crowd payoff. I mean, again. people, yeah. yeah, literally just We're leaping nuts. out of their seats yeah. and, the camera flashes it, it's just a beautiful moment no self like cell phones weren't around back then where people were filming it like oh something big's gonna happen yeah like people had their cameras out ready to take a picture but it wasn't as distracting where people are like looking yeah. at it at their screen through the moment through the screen they're watching it in real time it's just yep. it's something that you'll you're never going to capture ever again kind of related so. to this and not to go off on a quick tangent but um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. There was a third TLC match supposedly on SmackDown one time. TLC, TL, TLW. 
they had the small people wrestling. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. I, so I just heard about this recently. I need to dig it up and watch it still, but supposedly it was the most brutal of the three matches, which I can't. Oh, really? Actually, Jericho takes a lot of credit to the backstage of, of the TLC matches. Like, guys, you have to use it like the letter as a weapon. Like, he loves to get in there and take a lot of the moments away. <laughs> as i'm noticing with jericho like kind of aging he he likes huh. to stick his nose in there and claim the credit but anyway that's what that's so what I, legends do exactly charlie do you got another one for us my friend oh um well yeah i guess on that note just this i mean there's i think we had said it before but the mcfoley coming off the cage oh but mm-hmm. i mean we, how the hell the sell that was like a insane moment i'm just like holy shit this is the craziest match i've ever seen they're fighting back he's fighting back they're out of us folks and i don't walk it a damn bit oh my god We're oh, doing this the brutality of going off the cell, then down through it unexpectedly and just chair taking the chair shots. And it was just it was just crazy. He had one of his teeth coming out of his cheek. His nose, I mean, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. His just, nose. His nose. nose. Okay, no, yeah. sorry. I thought it was just, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. that's well, like you know that that's like you know it's scripted there, but those shots and stuff he did. That's like holy crap! That's when you get respect for a guy because he's he's really taking the bumps. You know, I've never right. seen anybody and take then when bumps you ha- like that. When you have Terry Funk coming out there and being like, "Stop it!" You know, Terry Funk, one of the Terry kings Funk, of hardcore, yeah. if yeah. not the Godfather of hardcore. It's like Mick, stop it, man! Like, just so stay on the stretcher. Yeah. And, and and he rolled off the stretcher and continued to climb up. There's yeah. actually a That's really crazy. good. Um, documentary on the network where Mick Foley and Undertaker both get interviewed at the same time and Mick started up on the hell in the cell just because he was afraid of heights and he knew he would have to climb up there anyway at some point he started up there just to get it out of the way like it's a really great story but honestly I think when they booked that match they didn't know how out of control and how legendary no. it was actually going to be. Nope. It probably was going to be like a huge match but they yeah, never knew even, that it wasn't was even the main like event. The ultimate match in yeah. history. Yeah, the yeah, main Austin, event. Somebody, I think no, Austin and Kane went the, after that or something. Yeah, yeah, Stone Cold versus uh, Kane. Wow, what was a was after that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he'd use the stunner on Kane. Have probably to had to give him like 12 stunners to even come close to the excitement yeah. last and, and, and then he drinks some yeah. and then he drinks some beers after that <laughs> but good for him yeah Mick's yeah, like on match, his deathbed that, w- that was such an iconic match i i want to say every few months even to this day i have to watch that match again just because the, to me there's sort of three chapters to it you have the moment where mick foley goes off the top of the cell that's sort of where things really start and that was early it's like right. six minutes into the match if not sooner like three minutes almost i want yeah to it, yeah i don't even think it was that like you see undertaker climb up after mick foley they punch each other brawl around a little bit and they just go straight to the spot where mankind gets yep. uh, 
Um, but then you see Mick climb back up. There's the accidental choke slam through the roof of the cell where he that's goes crazy. through the roof, hits the mat. And God, that is probably, to me, that's probably the hardest spot to watch because yes. and, the Undertaker yep. and he wasn't ready for that. Yeah, they kind of right. knew that. And he's already concussed. He's already yep. concussed. Yeah, like Mick like, like, oh, alive. Holy shit. He's talked about after that match how his liver was bruised and like his spleen was all messed up. I mean, he had some bad injuries. He is he, lucky to be alive right now. He no, is. He, oh, this, what, we saw him at um at all out. Sarcast. 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 Yeah, yeah. He was just you know you just tell him he walks and everything oh, was just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That was so cool though. Him sitting out in the audience with us, you know. Yeah. Yeah, just as just listening to another show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he loves Christmas too. Oh my he's God, big, he's, he's a big huge fan. Santa fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, he's got to be. Uh, he's got to be uh, thanking his lucky stars after that Hell in a Cell match. Crowd should have been saying, um, "Ho, ho, holy shit!" After that one. Woo. Nice, big time, baby. Yeah, that was Pittsburgh. Um, where that took place. What year was that? Was that 98 yep. Survivor Series? That was at the King of the Ring in 1998. King of the Ring, yeah. 98. Awesome. Yeah, that was on my list as well, Charlie, by the way. Yeah, so, that's right on everybody's, yeah. Me and you are on the same page for sure. There we go. Steve, what do you got for us, my friend? I think I got one of the greatest of all time. I'm just going to throw it out right now. It's when Tucker betrayed Otis. <laughs> yes. Hey, I thought, well, so, only second to Mandy turning on Otis. Yeah, the payoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the payoff of that was just. I mean, we're I got still Colonel Parker. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I do declare. I'm like Colonel Parker right now with the nice. with the uh, rake right now on my forehead. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I that um, amazing. That's not my answer. The um, greatest story never told. The greatest story never told. Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to go to Hogan one more time. Damn. Okay. The mega Going to power, the well. The mega power is Macho. That's yeah. on mine. Okay. That's on mine. The turn, up. Dude. Right, right yeah, here in my Milwaukee. turn. Yeah, that was great. It just was so uh, well done. You go back man. and watch that. I, can't, I just crack up laughing. Oh, Macho Man it's is so good. Up. It is so good. You got Hogan's jealousy in your eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can see it in your eyes, man. It's so good. It's so it's, good. Yeah. <laughs> 
What if you knock her down, man? I know it was an accident. Hey, come on. Listen, let me tell you something about Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something about Hulkamania. Yeah. Macho, man. This is tough, man. You're wrong, man. You're wrong. You're way out of line. No, you're out. You're out of line. And let me tell you why you're out of line. You got jealous eyes right there. Right there. You're looking at me with jealous eyes. Because you're a former champion. Hulkamania is just out of the way. I would carry you. I'm not number three in the Mega Powers. I'm number one. You guys got me in the backseat. You're way out of line. Slow down, wait a minute. No, you're way out of line. No, man to man, you never asked me for a title shot. You know why? You know why, Elizabeth? Because you can't be wrong. No, you can't. Man, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. No, I mean, even as a uh, kid, I knew it was destined to happen, but when it did, it was just, I mean, because he, he played it so amazing. perfect, dude. He was like so and, jealous and, of him. He just did it so yeah. perfect, dude. You know? And it happened in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right it did. home yeah. of Keep the Kayfabe. That's Woo! right, it did. It's just a great wrestling moment. It's yeah, like, it is. like they, the storytelling back then was a little bit more patient. Yeah, you know, they had oh, and it's just. Of, the Bills, he taking just on these penis ass teams. back yeah. there. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Yeah. If, if, it's, if you go, every time I go back and watch it, I just stay locked on it because it's so it's, yep. entertaining, man. Yeah. So entertaining. W- one of the things that I think made that story so great, um, and, and this isn't even really a good thing, but it definitely added to it is it, supposedly in real life, Randy Savage was very possessive. Of oh, yeah. Yes. And so oh, yeah. that just added to the, but knowing that now, looking oh, at yeah. that storyline, totally. it just adds to What's... the realism. And you can see how he was able to convey that so well in that segment and throughout that whole storyline. Oh, yeah. did, did you see the story? What is that uh, show? Um, Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah. yeah. Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, Dark yeah, Side yeah. of the Ring. So to keep things going with the Macho Man theme, um, nice. I actually did have one on my list as well. So after the formation of the Mega Powers and the breakup of the Mega Powers, um, we saw Randy Savage go on this pretty lengthy title run as a heel. And then we see him go through this match at WrestleMania 7. At the end of the match, he's with uh, the sensational Sherry. She turns on him, at which point Miss Elizabeth jumps out of the crowd, runs into the ring, saves the macho king, I should call him, as he was dubbed at the time. He was taking on uh, Ultimate Warrior, right? That's right. And so he turns around, macho king that is, turns around at one point in the ring. Miss Elizabeth's there. He gives her those that big eyed look he does where he's all fired up, looks at the crowd, looks at the crowd again and embraces her. And it's one of the best moments in wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like even my mom was into that. And that we're talking like early nineties, right? And remember that woman they kept showing in the crowd that was just in like bawling. Yes. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had red hair. Yeah. She, she had was red like hair the redheaded stepchild. She was in probably an tears. only child. Yeah. yeah. Just praying. It, yeah. She was so, 
she, like the biggest mark in history yes. for a female at the time. Vince yeah. McMahon was like, "Oh, this is good shit." No, it was. It was. I, I think that's a great choice because it's like he had. A, it was a retirement match, which turned out not to be a retirement match with uh, the Warrior. Warrior, and then, uh, yeah. And then and great then American Sherry's bash, like, right? Sherry's like berating him, and like like I think she even hit him and like turned on him. And then Elizabeth comes and saves the day, and it's yeah. That was. I mean, I yeah. That's a, that was a really well done man they did some really good stories back then <laughs> they did well yes. and i think part of it to their credit too um you know steve it's like you said it was a lot more patient then but also i think mm-hmm. all the stories were fresh at the time yeah. because none of these things had been done so yes. You know, you see a storyline like that today. It's like, oh, they're reenacting the Miss Elizabeth storyline, right? Right. So you, there's very little left to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I kind of got a deep cut here, boys. Do it. I'm wondering if you're going to remember this. This is uh, 1992 when Papa Shango put a curse on the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, absolutely. And he was like foaming from the mouth and shit. Charlie is already laughing, but as a kid, as a kid, okay, so I'm I was born in '84. This is '92. What's the math? Is that um eight years old? I'm eight years old. Yeah, I'm watching this shit. And I mean, we've talked in past episodes how the Ultimate Warrior for us as kids were just. I mean, we were we were locked in. We were marks. I mean, it wasn't even fair. When I saw the Ultimate Warrior with the blood coming down his face or like the ooze or the whatever. <laughs> and doesn't with he his like, interview isn't with, he like looking at his hand? And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. He was doing an interview with Mean Gene and the, the shit is coming down his face and the crowd was just so hyped, so hyped. And then when the shit came down his face, they just got silent. In light of the events of recent weeks, there has been a great deal of speculation about your physical condition. Indeed, are you threatened by Papa Shanko, his his curse, his spell, his voodoo, his black magic? Does it threaten you? You wonder, and those that do not believe wonder. For I stand before my warriors and you, Papa Shango, to let you know that any weakness in my physical condition recently has already been turned into a greater strength. How can a force of warriors such as these that leaves the entire world spellbound fall under a spell of your you're saying then ultimate warrior this voodoo this black magic this spell this curse of papa shango is not unthreatening you what you're saying is that you ultimate warrior are in complete control of your destiny i have never been in control of my destiny it is these warriors that stand behind me these warriors that walk with me that are in control of such things. But I stand here to tell you that these warriors believe that the voodoo you possess is nothing but another challenge that must be stopped, a challenge that must be conquered, a challenge we will survive. Wait a minute, what's that? 
What's that? What is that, McMahon? Where did that come from? What's going on? I'm speechless, McMahon. Like, they're like, oh, my God. And then, like, when they literally put a curse on him on another show on Superstars, this was on a Saturday. Like, that was the stuff that I used to watch at church. They played it, and people were just like, come on, Warrior, come on. Like, they were so (laughs) for it. I mean, people were legit afraid of Papa Shango. Like, what happened? Like, they Papa Shango needs to keep going. Like, why did that stop? It can't be Godfather. Yeah, he yeah he had, a long, <laughs> he had a long career <laughs> after that. He became comma. Comma before yes. that. I will tell you. I'm I, like, yeah, I will. The Hall of Fame why stop Shango? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back right. Matt, I'm gonna back Mike on this. I like at the time I thought Papa Shango was one of the coolest ass characters, and I was super bummed Dude, they didn't get any more huge. mileage. And he was just creepy. He would. Yeah. Cu- he would come out in this fucking um, yeah, coat the hat. that had like shoulder pads in it, and he was huge. And the top, and then hat. he had the hat, yeah. And then he had the voodoo thing, and the smoke would be going. I mean, you go back and you watch those superstar episodes on in, back in '92. Every time Shango came out, little kids would be like, they would have their hands up and they would like, yeah, they were afraid. Slowly go down and like get scared. They were legit afraid, and I was one of them. So like when he put the curse on Warrior. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and then, like, um, he puked. He puked on the doctors backstage. It was like cream corn or something yeah. like that. I was like, I never want to throw up again. Anytime I feel sick, I think I'm going to be cursed by Shango. Maybe it's like coming through the TV and it's like poisoning me because, you know, when you're a little kid, you puke all the fucking time. I was like, I didn't want to get sick because I thought I would get the same curse as uh, Warrior, basically. <laughs> Dude, so did storylines really used to be better or were we just dumber? Well, or was I it think, somewhere in between? I think we were young. One, we were young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This one exposes a generational thing. It's like, oh, your that, kids. that one, yes. And it was like, totally you, you bought it, you bought into that stuff. And it's like, now, if, can you imagine if they had a, uh, a voodoo like <laughs> curse now? It would be like, what the fuck? Charlie, that would be a Charlie's Corner so in a second. <laughs> That's so true. We did a whole episode where it was just Charlie, and yeah. that's all it was <laughs> and about. That, and even so, I could see Vince being like, like them having to try to talk him out of it right now. Oh just, yeah. Oh, oh we, haven't done, a, we haven't done a voodoo angle in years. <laughs> that's good <laughs> shit. We just burnt a guy. Let's do some voodoo. <laughs> Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith Lee. <laughs> Magic. Keith Lee. We're gonna put you in face paint and put a top hat yeah. on you. You're gonna be. Yep. Papa Shango too. Yep. Hey, we're in New Orleans this week. Hometown of voodoo. You're going to puke beignets. You're going to puke beignets and powdered sugar is going to come out of your mouth. They bring draws back just to puke. Oh, God. Too Um, soon. So I do have to throw one out there since we're on the topic of scary people in the early 90s. This isn't actually my pick, but I do want to give honorable mention to Hulk Hogan because we've talked about him so much. And that's why this is just a quick mention. Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker um, for the title in I believe it was 1991. I 
just like every other kid my age was terrified of the undertaker when I was young. And Mm -hmm. it's funny to watch those matches back because every time the undertaker's music would hit, they would cut to some kid in the crowd and they would turn and bury their face in their mom's shirt and just be (laughs) not even wanting to watch the match. So that's my honorable mention. However, um, I do want to move us forward a little bit in time because there's so much good stuff from the Federation years, but getting into the attitude era a little bit. So in 1999, which I feel was one of the better years for the Attitude Era in WWE, especially, um, The Rock is in the ring cutting a promo. And for months, there had been this counter countdown to the new millennium that kept popping up on TV. And I had no clue what this was. And it was weird because it didn't end at the end of the year. So you're thinking, wait, what is this? One night on Raw, The Rock's out in the ring cutting this promo. And in the middle of it, the counter comes on and it's 30 seconds away from ending. It ends, lights go out, explosions go off, and you find out it's Chris Jericho. Lights come on, there he is, introduces himself, interrupts The Rock. Just probably one of the most memorable debuts of all time, at least in my opinion. Laying down a challenge to the big show tonight. And go on and check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Big show's gonna need a big king size bed, isn't he? Uh, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Millennium Town? It's, it's the Millennium Town. 10, 9, 2, down. 6, to the Millennium 4. We're counting down definitely very good call matt and even chris jericho to this day says like it was the best reveal of a new roster character and then they wasted it like he had a run with china and stephanie mcmahon but he got revealed by big leaguing the rock like the yeah the magician the master of the microphone yeah so yeah yeah, so there was, there was a lot at play there. I think, I forget where I heard this, and I don't know if it was Chris talking about it on Talk is Jericho, or it, it, that may have been it, but but he talks a little bit about how there were two things at play. One was JR really wanted him in WWE, but the problem was he wasn't as big as the rest of the guys, which that's where Vince's holdup was. So yeah. JR was able to get him in and get him in a big angle, which is what he wanted. But it, I, if I remember this correctly, I believe it was Vince who wanted to put him with the rock because that appeased JR and put him in the main event picture. The problem is the rock immediately buries him and he gets booked, you know, like you said, Mike with China and whoever else in the mid card. So yeah, yeah. those first, 
few months for Chris Jericho were pretty rough, but at some point, I don't even remember how it happened, but eventually he couldn't be ignored and just worked his way up to the main event level. So it's one of those things where it was an amazing debut that turned into almost a failed career after that. But, you know, thankfully that wasn't the case as we know now. I got one that's kind of a dark one, but I, so I'm not going to end with it. So I think now is as good a time to put it in there. And I also have to throw this one in there because I was watching, I was watching it live on pay-per-view. Oh yeah. Same but here. Owen, Hart, you're going, yeah. Owen Hart dying. Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, cause I just, I mean, I'll never forget like, cause it yep. was my, my best friend and I were watching it and, um, live live oh yeah wow. and, um, yeah and it was yeah. just like you know like, they announced they yeah. announced it and it's like we both were just sitting there in disbelief like wait wait what just happened like are they bullshitting and then you like you know there's that period of time where we're like is this just some really bad angle like yeah and then, and then like, when no, you know because yeah, like, they, they never yep. they never they never talked yep. like this back then and yep. jim, jim no. ross said on camera this isn't an angle. This is real. And yeah. then the minute yeah. he said that, I'm like, oh shit, they don't talk like that. I, like they don't use that yeah. word. And then, on the dark, uh, yeah, on dark then, side of the ring, they revealed like they literally gave them the message to send to yeah. everybody watching. Yeah. That he's dead. And they're like, okay, guys, 10 seconds, you're in. Here at uh, in Kansas City, uh, tragedy befell the World Wrestling Federation and all of us. Owen Hart was uh, set to make an entrance from the ceiling, and uh, he fell from the ceiling. And I have the unfortunate responsibility to let everyone know that Owen Hart has died. Owen Hart has tragically died from that accident here tonight. I would never wish that on my worst enemy. No, Jim Ross had to do anybody in that position. Jim Ross had to do that. And then like Jerry Lawler, like ran to the ring. And then like, so when they announced that he was back at the table and you could, I mean, just, yeah, you can see it like distraught as hell, of course. And then, and then every moment I can remember like so many moments in there. I can remember because they continued with the show, which is a subject of controversy. But I remember uh, Jeff Jarrett and Deborah like trying to cut a promo after that. And they were both crying and it's just, but they were trying, Mm -hmm. the show was trying to go on. And just everything about that was just so crazy. And I just remember my buddy and I were like, holy shit, what did we just witness? I mean, we didn't, I mean, obviously they didn't show what actually happened. Thank God. But, uh, Right. Yeah, man, that was a moment like I'll never forget. Was that at, uh, I, I think it was Over the Edge was the paper. Over the Edge 99 and Kemper. Horrible Arena? name for that oh, accident, yeah. too, yeah. by the way. I know, I know. And it's almost Kansas like City. it was foreshadowed by the name. Yeah, mm-hmm. KC, it happened. But yeah, that's, so I went, <laughs> I didn't want to end on uh, such a downer, but I mean, that, 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 no, that one's, I mean, it's with, important. You know, sure. It's important because yeah. literally, there needs to be some accountability in wrestling because, you know, yes, it is a pay-per-view. And when it is a pay-per-view, you have so much control of what the public sees and what they don't see. Right. And they didn't treat that um, event space like a crime scene at all. There was no one there. It was just like part of the show. Like, yeah. as like insensitive as that sounds but i'm just speaking how it went down there wasn't any there wasn't any investigation there was it was just like an aftermath um or afterthought like oh we'll check it out afterwards we the show must go on and they did like 
that was monumental because if that ever happened again, there there will never I don't think there'll ever be another Owen Hart situation in wrestling. They would, they'll God, never there won't be. I mean Vince might but I don't think a show to, will they, go on. They would never continue it like that again. No. Yeah. And it sucks that it was Owen because I mean, if anybody has listened to any interviews with Owen Hart or or any other documentaries, like everybody just says he's like the funniest guy, oh, the yeah. guy who played the most pranks, like the guy like who you would just love to travel with and just he and he loved his 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 son and daughter uh and his kids yep. and he he wasn't even supposed to be like the chosen one out of all the hearts like everybody in the heart family was a wrestling uh, or was a wrestler and he didn't even take it as serious but he was like basically the best one like could do the most stuff and he had it but he just did it because it was like the family business basically yeah. Yeah, people's gonna get really sad story. That part that, yeah. Did you go, Mike? Well, I didn't have any more on my list oh, other one. than um the puppies when Sable gets <laughs> oh, uh puppies. Dress. Wow, way to bring it back. That was Mike. great. That's a moment though for sure. Yeah. No, I just wanted to break the ice there a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, actually uh, a good segue from Owen no, no, honestly, I will take it back. Uh the um, Raw match between Trish Stratus and Lita when they main evented Raw, uh, that's never been done by a female wrestling duo, especially like, you know, of a caliber where they could put on a main event. And as hot as Monday Night Raw was during the Attitude Era, that was a big deal. I mean, seeing them, they said they saw their names as the last match and they were both just like freaking out, so excited. And if you go back and watch that match, they delivered. Lita hit like a moonsault, like three quarters of the way across the mat. Trish, I'm the champion. Get up, Trish. What is Lita's? Lita, what's he doing here? Trish, get up, Trish. Lita's got no business up here. It's all or nothing. All or nothing in that moonsault. The moonsault. Uh -huh. My God, Lita did it. Lita did it, King. I mean, it's a hard, I don't care who you are, the moonsault, I still don't understand how you can hit it like perfectly, but somehow they do. They have like this muscle me memory and um, yeah, it was an amazing match. So I'll put that as one of the most unforgettable moments in wrestling. And I think it should be mentioned because we see the uh, success that the women have had in uh, a lot of promotions right now. They kind of paved the way and be like, yo, we can just go. It's not just bras and panties here. Yeah. We they stood out in that era. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that was a really memorable moment. Um, a similar one I'll throw out there just to kind of keep going with the uh, theme of women's wrestling. So, yeah, Lita and Trish definitely paved the way. Um, one that I was thinking about more in the modern day was uh, back at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in 2015, the first <laughs> TakeOver Brooklyn between Sasha Banks and Bayley. It's mm -hmm. the women's match that I feel like everybody talks about now. And for, for some of our listeners out there, if you're more classic wrestling fans, you know, like if all these stories about Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, if you're thinking, oh yeah, I remember all that. But if you haven't caught up on NXT, um, 
definitely go back. If you have WWE Network, go back and check out the match between Sasha Banks and Bailey at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015. The match itself is fantastic. I think what made it so memorable and so unforgettable is the story leading up to it because Sasha Banks was this just unbearable heel in NXT. She was a great wrestler at the time. She's even better now, but her character at that time was so great as a heel. Um, I mean, she was making kids cry in the audience by grabbing stuff and making faces at them. Charlie's buddy, Izzy. Yeah. Made her cry. Yeah. You know her, Charlie? No. (laughs) She, uh, so it's not to, Get, take away from just three quick seconds here, but uh, that girl that was always in the front row that was like the big Bailey fan that that like she actually is like got her own like she's what like I don't know Charlie like fourteen now or something, yeah, yeah. but she uh yeah. she she's on she calls in the busted open all the time. On Wednesday, on she's Wednesday's got her own she's Wednesday. got her own show now, or she's trying to get into pro wrestling basically. I'm sure she but, will. Uh, I'm sure she will. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. I hope she does. Um, so. So getting back to the match between Sasha Banks We should and have Bailey, her on. We, I don't, uh, Charlie and I would probably like trash her a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> her, her, no, her, she actually, she really, she's feelings. better now. She's yeah, better exactly. now. She's she, watching she, AEW. Yep. But there was a time she was so pro NXT WWE that she would call in and trash AEW and Bully was like, you don't watch it. And then she, yep. she's just such a stupid homer about it. Like I, when she was on, I would just like fast forward because I couldn't stand her stupid voice. But uh, I shouldn't say that. But she's just a kid. But anyway, she actually we'll started watching AEW. Now, no, keep it in there. Uh, she uh, <laughs> she uh, started watching uh, AEW more recently. So at least I give her crap props for that. Yep. Yep. Anyway, sorry, this is we're way off of mic now. Sorry. But no, it's fine. And by the way, shout out to our buddy yeah. uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and. Uh, yeah, Greg. Love you, bud. George. So, but anyway, uh, so the Sasha and Bailey story, are we still talking about this? So the buildup to this match was really what made the match. Um, Bailey was this person who, back when NXT was a developmental brand, she was basically, you could picture her being you, trying to get into pro wrestling. Both her work, her character development, she just came across as a real person trying to be a pro wrestler. And that's ultimately what I think made this feud as good as it was it, you could see over the weeks she would get objectively better in the ring her character work would get a lot better but she just couldn't beat sasha banks no matter how hard she tried but then nxt takeover brooklyn 2015 Bailey trying to fight her way out. Bailey going up for the second remaining. How she just was that? She just spiked the fingertips of Sasha Banks into the mat. We're tied at two. Coming up on 30 seconds left. 30 seconds remain. Sasha Banks. Banks did it again. Banks did it again. Reversed. Reversed. Bailey submission been over. 15 seconds. 15 seconds left. Tied at two for the NXT Women's Title. She got those fingers back, back that bad hand. Ten seconds. Ten seconds to go. The bell rang. The bell rang. It's out there. It's out there. What an incredible match. Boom. 
She finally wins. Reverse Frankensteiner off the top rope. The Bailey to Belly, the second Bailey to Belly of the match, and finally wins that NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch, Charlotte come into the ring. All four of them hug. It's just definitely one of those moments in NXT history specifically that will never be forgotten. No. True that. Great choice. Yeah. I, did, I mean, I, I think I brought this up on the show, but I mean, I'm not ashamed to say this. That was so brilliantly written, that whole story and everything mm-hmm. Matt said about like the Bailey, like almost getting there, almost getting there. Like I had, I had tears in my eyes in that match because it was so well done. It was just, yeah. The culmination of patient, awesome storytelling that was like NXT at its best. And it was there, um, probably there at their best too, because now Bailey is just a Karen up on the main <laughs> roster and she does it really, really well. And then Sasha Banks is now in the Mandalorian kicking some ass. So, I mean, yeah, I know every onward and upward from there on out. Just, just watched the first episode of the second season last night. I'm gonna... Catch, oh, you catch did? One. Yeah, oh. I like to wait till they're all done, man. I don't like you can just crank through them. Yeah, yeah, because I don't like to oh, hate that waiting a week stuff, man. I'm not like a major Star Wars person, like to the level that Star Wars people are, but I'm like into it. But man, was that season good! Oh my god, like yeah. I'm excited we, for we you. Have a whole oh, yeah. about that. Nice, <laughs> you guys, yeah, doing? yeah, we're doing an offshoot if you oh, want to join cool. us on two. Tuesday nights at nine o'clock. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hook you in. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Once, once a week is good enough. <laughs> I only, I only like seeing you, you, you guys once a week. Twice yeah. is. Ooh. I was told that if we do two podcasts a week, Papa Shanga is gonna cur- curse us. Oh yeah, you know, you know, Mike's not doing it then. Oh yeah. yeah, the candle business would go under, and I'd just be editing episodes. Yeah, and and and, and spewing up canned corn. Yeah. <laughs> Split pea soup. <laughs> Kristen's like shit. Mike, you need clean to- up that there's corn. A, there's an intervention going on, honey. I swear it's it's a curse. Yeah, I would never throw you boys under the bus, though. That's I know. <laughs> All right. Do we got, like, a good one to, like, uh, round it out, you think? I got nothing left. Anybody got yeah. one left in the chamber? Yeah, I got, I got a couple, one. but I'll yeah, – yeah. I can, I'll let Charlie go, and I, I, I'll i just – I'll boil them. I'll pick one of my last three. I got one that was a shocking, crazy moment that kind of changed the course of wrestling and how dirt sheets and what's real, what's not real – um, the Montreal screw job. Oh, that was a- okay. I thought you were gonna yeah, swerve no, us, no, Charlie. No, no. I thought you were gonna say John Cena <laughs> giving five <laughs> knuckle shuffles to Sheamus. When Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania in like four yeah. seconds, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Jinder Mahal beats Randy Orton for the WWE. Title. Oh, that's that's a personal moment for me. In I the, love that. <laughs> yeah. In the uh, Punjabi like- prison. Yep, that blurred the line. Like, is this real? Is this work? Even to this day, you don't know if it's real or work, you know? What? Is, look at this! Oh, you're kidding me. Marcus, are is you going to be Bret Hart with a sharpshooter? Yes, he is! Are you kidding me? Got the looks. They try. 
I thought we were talking well, about the Punjabi there's awesome documents. Oh, yeah. I still don't know if I, I saw, I watched it and I still don't know if that really happened or not. Yeah. It's like, did it, it happen, but it's like, did it, did they work us? You know, because he, I remember, I just, I just figured it was real that night. Every time I say it the night when Brett, when Brett spit in his face. I was oh, like, yeah. Oh. I was That's like, that was real. I mean, that is a talent. How he could hakalugi after wrestling yeah. Shawn Michaels in front of a sold-out crowd, I would have no saliva in my mouth at all because I'd be so nervous. He wrestled a whole match, and he literally shot a dart into Vince McMahon's face, your boss. Like, can you imagine if he missed? And it was like, a I don't lot, think this... too. Oh, like, dude, it was a lot. You see it on TV oh, yeah. back in the 90s when oh. picture quality wasn't what it is today. It was like the size of a racquetball. <laughs> It was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. And there's still well, yeah, people to no. this day. There's still a couple, like, I'm trying to remember who. There's still some people, like, prominent wrestlers that think, like, is it Nash or somebody, like, still thinks mm-hmm. it's at work? Yeah. Well, yeah, they interviewed. Well, this is another Dark Side of the Ring episode. If you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, it Highly is the recommend. best. It's literally the best show on TV. If you're a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan, Chances. I think. Chances. Your mind will be blown nonetheless. Chances are you're a hardcore wrestling fan and be listening to this podcast, first yeah. of all, and not watch Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. You, think, you think, you think, oh, this Dark Side of the Ring. You think you'd watch Dark Side of the Ring first and then find some other podcast. You wouldn't jump to Dark Side of the Ring from this. No, <laughs> yeah, one day. We're, we're interesting, but we're not that interesting. Everybody's <laughs> here. Everybody's here for the impressions. They only listen to the first. One minute and then well, they get out of it. Boy, I really, I really disappointed. Steve let him down this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he swerved the shit out of him. You're killing yeah. our no, brain, but man. Charlie, you were so on point with the Montreal screwdrop. I can't oh, even yeah. believe I didn't write that, that down like, because that was when I was like, holy crap, I can't like this is crazy. And that was like that was when it was kind of good too, because you knew it was fake. The rest of them it was predetermined, but like all the behind the stuff, does this guy like mm-hmm. this guy or not? Will he hit him hard? You know, they kind of would get rough it up in the ring, and then that whole like what did we just see, he didn't tap out, you know. It's like yeah. did, what's did going you, on here? Did you watch it live? Oh, and Brett, yeah. yeah, I didn't see it live. Yeah, yeah, I saw it live. It's like when the, all the free cable boxes Ooh, back in nice. the day. Yep. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, well, with Bret Hart leaving to WCW, he literally said he was going to be going to WCW. And he's like, where the Montreal screw job happened, obviously Montreal in Canada, where Bret Hall Hall is from. He's like, I'm not dropping the belt in my home country. We're going to. He said Bret Hall. (laughs) Bobby Hall's brother. Did I? Yeah, you said Hall. Did I yeah. really say Brett Hall? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, you did. You Come did. Come on, boys. Pretty. My internet has to be lagging. 
Oh, maybe, but I, I don't think it. the internet can take heart and turn it into it yeah. Oh my God, this is Plus a new all, low for me. We all we all heard it. This is always, a new low because that always, wasn't intentional. Yeah. And you know this is this is way too easy to screw up too. By the way, oh yeah, number number sixty, Brett Hall is actually one of my favorite hockey players. I even own socks of his. Nice, nice. like ones he I wore know. or like fan <laughs> Fan socks, fan socks. But if you come okay. down to uh, Mike Bates bar, there's a Brett Hall um, thing in my bar posted. Oh, your bar? Okay. Brett the Hitman yeah. Hall. I'm like, who's Mike Bates? And I was thought for everybody had to kick in for a second. He's the who's best Mike? Coffee is Mike. Mike Bates. Coffee. Who's Mike Bates bar? <laughs> Which one does he own? Coffee Mike's place. Yep. There you go. Coffee Mike's crib. There we go. Nice. Okay. Well, anyway. Um... Huge monumental moment. Yep. Montreal screw job literally changed the tide again. Oh, yeah. For wrestling. Yep. Yep. It's, it's literally, out. it is a Game of Thrones kind of scenario in wrestling. Oh, totally. Like, yep. Especially when it comes to different promotions. During that time, it was, was definitely show up? Who, you know, a, a fight for talent. Yep. Yeah. Big time. So great pick there, Charlie. Boys, one more before we head out. So. Steve, I know you had, I, I think you said you have one more, but one I want, do want to make sure we squeeze in at least, or at least mention, is on Monday Night Raw, uh, I've got the date here. It was March 22nd, 1999. Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon in the ring, giving a promo. You hear the glass shatter, and Stone Cold Steve Austin rolls into the arena with a beer truck and yeah, just soaks crazy. them and everything in sight with Coors Light, and it is awesome. Greenwich street fight that we're going to see in Albany, New York. Check it out. So that's one of those moments that even to this day, my brother-in-law, who's very loosely into pro wrestling, he's what you would call a casual viewer for sure. Um, when I saw him somewhat recently, actually, one of the segments he wanted to watch or the only segment he cared about was seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin roll up with the beer truck and just take out Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. Classic moment. Yeah. I, you, I, li- I like that one a lot, but I tell you the one I like even better is is uh see if you guys remember know this line oh i'll take it from here nurse oh, oh with the bed <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to me how about you doctor oh i'll take it from here nurse no 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 Austin, 
funniest yeah. shit in the world when he when he when he, he clocked him with that bedpan. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll take it with here the from Texan bro. Yeah, oh, dude, was, that whole. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. I'll take it from here, nurse. <laughs> Boom! He just goes and beat on him. And that you know, so and you funny, know, Vince, dude. you know, Vince to, like wanted him to hit him full force oh, with that bedpan. Yeah, dude. he yeah. was so. And Vince played it perfect. It was so funny. Yeah, then yeah. Before that, Socko, mankind there with Socko, and he got Vince got so <laughs> pissed off. You know, it was one of the best. Segments it is a ever, great segment. Dude. Yeah. I love this one. Like, oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. Because when you watch it, when I watched it live, I didn't know you weren't expecting that to happen. You, you expect him to come in, running in, and jump on him. And he's dressed up as a doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes nuts on him. I thought that was. So, I still today think that's so funny, man. It is good, good because such good well, TV, dude. And yeah, and Vince was actually in great shape back then too. Yep, and like he was like his in his. Off and flopping he was around. vibrant. It yeah. looked like he cared about the business. This is like when he put the business on his back, uh, yeah. going up against WCW. Was the top heel. Was the top yeah, heel. dude, it was unbelievable. Was awesome. Stone Cold wouldn't have been what he was if it wasn't without, him, yep. without a, nope. a heel like that. You gotta have that. Yeah, you gotta have the heel because the heel. You know, they say heel makes the baby face. You know. That's right. Oh, yep. Yep. It's that chemistry. Well, yep. and they even said with Stone Cold too, be like. I can't wrestle with all these other guys, but if you take the microphone away from me, then you're, um, you know, you're, you're taking away my everything. My Vince was bro. like, it, it, they were like the, the perfect chemistry, and it was the perfect timing. Again, like without cell phones, you were just locked in. People were going over to each other's houses to see what yep. was happening between those two. It was the most beautiful thing. Like if you're frustrated with your job. Like you lived through Stone Cold Steve Austin that's beating right. the shit out of your boss. Like it's yep. incredible. Oh, yeah. Like that's the phenomenon of wrestling. Exactly. And why we talk about it here on Keep the K Babe every right. week. And uh why we get together and we appreciate you guys and gals listening each and every week to every episode. So please like and follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Boys, this was a really fun one going down memory lane and uh, revisiting some of the greatest moments in wrestling. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. Awesome, boys. Woo. Well, I want to bid you all adieu. Have an awesome week. <laughs> I must bid you all adieu. <laughs> and we'll see you all again tonight and uh, Godspeed. <laughs> Good night and Godspeed. <laughs> that was a new one. Bye.